0: We hold these truths to be self evident, that all men are created equal. But today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following journey into comics, journey into comics, journey into comics, journey into comics, network, 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 network production. Production. Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred five. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of journey into comics it's journey into comics 261 i am your host nate today i'm all by and lonesome unfortunately senior tyler had a bit of a uh, fun outing last night as it were and is unable to be here podcasting with me today everything kind of happens for a weird reason you guys are like nate Your show's like hours late, dude. Where have you been all day? I tried to start my morning off right with Journey Into Comics, and instead I I just got depressed. There was no new episode. What's happening? Well, let me keep it real with you. Yesterday, which is Sunday, our typical Journey Into Comics record day, we recorded the finale, the season finale of Foodies Watching Movies, which you guys can hear this coming Wednesday. Uh, Now, in doing that, we kind of ran a little bit later than we would have liked to, so on and so forth. And then with that, while that was happening, Tyler, as I said, was out doing a thing. What was he doing, Nate? He was recording the Bruise with Dudes 100th episode. And they made a valiant effort at their goal. I'm going to leave that goal kind of um, not revealed here. If you guys want to check that out, listen this coming Saturday to episode 100 of Bruise with Dudes. I cannot believe that we are already here. Like 100 episodes of that show is crazy. But anyways, Tyler partakes in that. I have to take Veronica home. We had to go scoop up Ollie. I dropped them off. I had to run to the store. Anyways, it's late by the time I get home. It's like 10 o'clock and I need to eat. So I eat and I'm trying to like come down from the day and have already podcasted a lot. And I was like, you know what? I'll wake up early in the morning on Monday and I'll record like at like 8 a.m. It'll be fine. I like doing that. I like getting up real early sometimes and recording podcasts, you know? So I'm laying there asleep and it's like, you know, into the night hours. And at like four in the morning, my body was like, hey, dude, guess what? You have to fucking puke. And I was like, what? What's going on? I woke up and I woke up really fast. And Sarah's like, are you okay?" And I was like, no, something's wrong. I think I'm going to be very, very sick. And I ran into the bathroom and I projectile vomited for like, 20 minutes straight. It was brutal. It was fucking like, I'd puke, I'd stop, it was just like not, it was just like not good. Something, and I'm guessing it was probably the delicious new Oreo cookies I had tried, for some reason did not agree with me. It was the only thing in my body that I had had that I hadn't had in my body before, and for some reason this time it made me sick. So I ralphed and I was up till about five and finally I, I went back to sleep you know called it and uh got up late this morning like way later than I had planned on because I was going to do JIC still not feeling the best though I was like a little bit out of it just a little not 100% feeling great my stomach still hurts like really bad finally I was like, "It's time, man! It's time to sit down, get this podcast recorded, talk to you fine folks, caught you up on a little bit of the craziness that happened." I mean, not everything that happened. It's wild because Friday we drove to Green Bay to do a show in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at Rockabilly Salon or Saloon, whatever. Uh, not the salon; that the different connotation there, but that the saloon. Uh, we drove up there. And hung out and got to watch uh, some of our heroes play music, which was insane. We got to open for the Undead, which Bobby Steele, the lead guitar player and lead singer of the Undead, is former lead guitarist of The Misfits. He actually is the guy that Glenn Danzig wrote London Dungeon with, famously about their trip being stuck in a London dungeon. So, anyways... You know... We we got to first of all we played and we played a really great set and I had a really fun time playing it and I thought we were in the pocket the whole night and I was like yes like we're we've arrived we're we're in the zone and it was good and we get done playing and then the undead play and they were absolutely stellar and we got to interact with them and took some pictures and nice conversations and and all these things and. Um, Really, had a really fun time. Got to see this band Channel 3 play, and they were fantastic. Uh, And then hit the Dusty Trail and headed home. And that was about it in that world. You know, it's crazy traveling as much as we do. It's not really that fun. And now it's more just like, I just get lost in it. And I've done these four-hour drives. You know, four hours to Green Bay, essentially. I've done a couple of these long four-hour drives. We Detroit and back, same day. We've done, uh, we did, what was it, fucking louisville kentucky and back same day so we now have done green bay and back same day so these little four hour jaunts were four hours north four hours south you know and, and home or whatever and it just it becomes the point now where i just like kind of lock in and i don't even think about it i'm i'm driving just to get through everything so anyways i bored you guys enough with that stuff let's get into some nerdy news here you know um We're gearing up in the next couple days. We're going to be getting Spider-Man's digital release, Spider-Man Far From Home. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about in the world of Spider-Man, you know, considering as of right now, he is seemingly not a part of the MCU and there's this big divide. Now, I've heard rumors and I feel like as of right now, all the rumors are just that when it comes to Spider-Man, folks. And I want to keep you guys in mind that if if you share something from like, We Got This Covered know that it's probably not true. They do a really terrible job, no offense to them, of accurately staying on stories. They kind of create headlines and stories that are more conjecture and less reality-based. It's as if I were to come in here right now and say, I know for certain X, Y, and Z is happening. You guys anticipate with bated breath that X, Y, or Z is going to happen. None of those things come to fruition. You look at me like, what the fuck? That's kind of what We Got This Covered has been known for. Uh, Not to call them out directly, not to like shit on their parade or whatever. It's just that that's the fact. okay? so and I because I see a lot of people sharing these articles like, oh, there's a new deal in place or they're going to work on a new deal officially or here's what the new deal says. No one is going to be leaking the actual details of any deal between Disney and Sony until it's pen to paper done. that protects Disney, that protects Sony, it protects everyone involved. It protects the IP of Spider-Man, it protects the IP of Venom and their properties and characters. You know, so don't assume that all these details that are leaking are real cuz a lot of them I don't think are. You know, and and you know, and another thing is too is is like it's also possible and I'm going to say a really dark weird thought and I had said this at one point, I kind of dismissed it and then uh I think comicbook.com has recently run a similar article stating kind of my thoughts, but I don't think I talked about this on a podcast, so I can only just assume that they also kind of had the same thought, which is not too far-fetched. I believe that right now you have this interesting territory where you just had this most recent Spider-Man easily cross a billion dollars. In order to drum up Additional interest in order to get fans talking, in order to drive the box office even further, sometimes controversy creates cash. So what would you do? Well, it is possible and I and I hate to I hate to say this is even a, a, a plausibility, but it is possible that this is all a publicity stunt that Disney and Sony are orchestrating together in order to drum up and strum up business to get both people talking about what? Venom 2, which is allegedly being filmed soon and might have some sort of appearance from Tom Holland and maybe he'll appear in that movie and then all of a sudden the deal will close and then, you know, that's... Oh, they they worked around it. They got him in the Venom movie, you know? But anyways, the reality is you could play a long game and make folks think that this amazing deal is in jeopardy because it's one of those most, like when you heard that initially i'm sure if you were anything like me you thought this is the most outlandish insane improbable thing what are they doing spider-man just made a billion dollars on the back of disney really think about it disney put the work in disney put him in civil war which is one of the largest movies both the avengers movies his own solo movie a second solo movie that was ultra successful because of the groundwork that they laid. Like, come on, man. Real quick before we go deeper into this, because I've got some more thoughts on this whole is Disney and Sony lying. Uh, and, and the pros and cons, because we need to really weigh it all out. But before we do, I'm going to take a quick drink break. As you guys know, my drink break on a Monday is brought to you by Poor 360. You check that show out every Tuesday right here on the Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Here's to you, Poor 360. The need for a drink break is only actually possible when I'm solo casting, by the way. When Tyler's here, as soon as he starts talking, I can take a drink and I don't have to, like, do anything. Of course, there have been times where I take a sip and as soon as I start drinking, he's like, What do you think, Nate? And I'm like, I gotta get to it. Anyways. So what are, the, what are the pros of Disney and Sony lying to all of us? Well, the pros are it's going to, again, strum up more business. It's going to fuel their fire. It's going to keep them relevant during a time when I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there was no fan outrage that there was not going to be a Spider-Man movie in Phase Four of the MCU or anything. There was not because th- that wasn't where the focus was. The focus was on the deal is out, and there's no there's no possible anything, and it diverts your attention. And it also gives them time to regroup. It gives them time to negotiate. It gives everyone time to get everybody happy because you got Tom Holland who has said nothing but amazing things about Marvel. He's talking about how they are his family, that they are home, that that environment and that culture is something that you cannot replicate anywhere else. It's a very unique situation. You think about the need for Sony to keep Spider-Man. Why is it important that they keep Spider-Man? Because it's one of the last major IPs Sony has going for them that um, is a huge revenue drive. I mean, huge, massive. Larger than anything else they're doing, no offense. You know, why does the need to lie to everybody about this deal help Disney? Well, it also helps Disney because, again, if there is negotiations happening at all, and the deal's not actually quote-unquote dead, then it creates the microscopes on it now. Now everyone's looking at the possibility of what this deal means. Everyone putting that pressure on it makes Sony more vulnerable at the negotiation table. So do you really think they're going to do that in public? That's what I'm saying. It's all just to strum up interest, folks. I, 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 I don't... I don't want to say with absolute certainty, but there is a, I would say a 45% uh, chance, or at least in my belief, that right now we are dealing with the corporations playing the smart game of keeping us interested, keeping us talking, keeping us engaged in Spider-Man, wanting to have resolve, wanting him to be in the MCU, trying to show and prove why we as the fans need this to continue to be the the um, status quo, you know? So maybe, but what are the cons? Well, and I kind of mentioned a little bit of the cons there when I was talking, because again, it puts pressure on Sony and the negotiating table. Some people think that it's Disney's greed and that just puts them in a bad light. And there are people that by default just hate Disney. Disney haters are a real thing. It's very bizarre to me, like... They're trying to do it right, man. They're trying to do it the best and the biggest they can and put their hearts into it. you got to give them some, you know, like, props and whatnot. Because as I sit here now and I look in front of me and I have a wall of Marvel and I have a case full of Marvel and I've got Marvel everywhere in my comic book room, I look around and I think about all these characters and there are some characters that are in my collection that years ago, way before Marvel Studios was a thing and way before Spidey was a thing when I was a kid in the 90s I would never have envisioned having figures of these guys or being interested in pop vinyls of certain characters you know or to be honest even having certain figures represented like can you even believe they've made a taser face toy or mantis pop vinyl or Groot for Christ's sakes like Groot really? You know, like, think about that. Years and years ago, that's not normal. If you're not one of the major players in Marvel, you're not getting noticed. And now, because of what Marvel Studios has done, what Disney has done with Marvel Studios, giving them that respect and attention, they've built this thing. But they built this thing also with with some special building blocks. And do you really think, I need you guys to think about this, with how careful Disney has been, Do you really firmly believe they would just let a building block like Spider-Man slip out of their grasp? No, it's not that easy. I know there's all this what if, what could happen, what might be going on behind closed doors. And all I can say is this, guys, if and honestly only if there is no deal in place in the next six months should we start to be concerned. I believe, though, that sooner rather than later, we will have some sort of deal pen to paper in place that will ensure Tom Holland, was it John Watt, I think, was the director, uh, you know, everybody at Marvel, everybody involved Dea, the whole team, comes back for the next chapter. Has to happen. I really believe that. So, we're talking a little bit about Spider-Man, And speaking of Spider-Man, there was a really interesting quote. Uh, Anthony and Joe Russo were talking to the Toronto Sun, and they were just discussing their feelings, and they said uh, it was difficult to get Spider-Man into Civil War. It was an extremely long and hard process. But we were driven to help make it happen, but Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige pulled it off somehow Disney and all the good people at Sony found a way to make it work, and it lasted a few films. We had a wonderful experience with that, and I think audiences really appreciated that marriage, but we know how hard that marriage was to make in the first place, so the fact that the marriage fell apart isn't really that surprising to Joe and I. But Joe added, it was a tenuous, uh, fraught union throughout the whole process, but I will say, stepping back and trying to be objective as possible, that I think that it's a tragic mistake on Sony's part to think that they can replicate Kevin's penchant for telling incredible stories and amazing success he has had over the years. I think it's a big mistake. Oof, man. And you know what, I agree with the Russos. It is a very, very large mistake. Uh, this is something that, if it's real, uh, obviously is going to affect... The future of the MCU and everything about it and they're gonna have to find some cheeky way to get him out of the MCU or not focus on him or just reference him and not utilize him it's very strange it's just like turning your back on something that's so pure and brilliant you know I um as a fan of Spider-Man have already shared and expressed my disgust for what could be happening behind the scenes, but I figured I'd take a look at it today. Like I said, in a different light and say, what if this is just to keep people interested? You know, maybe there is no bad guy in this situation. Maybe there is no, maybe this is all just conjecture. You know, uh, we have had some things be publicly said. Feige said things, Pascal said things. They've all talked, but until it is official, official, nothing is official. Keep that in mind, folks. Speaking of the man, Kevin Feige, he was getting a, a reward. The Saturn Award um, was given to him at their 45th award ceremony. And he actually wasn't there, but he had something special. So he, you know, did the pre-video acceptance thing you know where they said hey you might win if you were to win what would you do and he said okay i'll, I'll have to send something in because i'm busy doing other things black widow and the eternals and whatnot uh, and he he said uh hey you know thank you guys so much we pulled something out of the vault that we said we'll never show to anybody put it away we're bringing them out we're putting them on this disc and about to show you a deleted scene that never has never been seen by anyone before right now. And the scene is actually a alternate cut featuring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. He's stepping out of the shadows to talk to Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man or Tony Stark. And he says this, As if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites, and assorted mutants weren't enough, I have to deal with a spoiled brat who doesn't play well with others, who wants to keep all his toys to himself. So, it, it was a very much, an, instead of it saying, I'm you know, Nick Fury, and you're much a much part of a bigger universe, you just don't know it yet. This is, he, he's saying, instead of it, instead of saying it's a much bigger universe, you just don't know it yet, he actually, they had it specifically mapped out some of the things that were said. Gamma accidents, obviously that leads into The Incredible Hulk, which was the very next film. I think it came out like, what, one month later. So it was a, a, a possible nod, wink and a nod. The radioactive bug bites thing is interesting because, if this happens, I'm not sure we have a Tom Holland Spider-Man. You got to think at the time this was happening, there were still talks and possibilities we were going to get a fourth Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire-driven Spider-Man movie, Radioactive Bug Bites, being put in there in 2008, which was right in the window where they still could have been producing a movie. Had that come through and they worked a deal to get Tobey Maguire into the MCU, well, we probably would have a very different MCU now, honestly. Maybe they would have killed Parker off at some point if that was the case. I don't know. It's interesting to think about, too. But uh, also talk about the exhorted mutants. They were in 20th Century Fox. Could that have spawned a deal at some point? Maybe. But again, they just said, you're part of a much bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. That is the little spark that lets the MCU burn bright. And it's really interesting to see the little you know, um alternate post-credit sequence with, uh, you know, uh Samuel L. Jackson because it has never been seen before, and I didn't know that it existed, so that's pretty cool, and you didn't probably either. You know what? We're going to kind of go on a little bit of a side tangent here because I wanted to mention this to you guys. I saw this news break the other day, and it got me super hyped because my initial love for some of the... uh Marvel characters that are my all-time favorites came from animated series and cartoons when I was a kid cartoons were a very large facet of my uh watching experience and cartoons were my getaway and my way to escape the reality that was life so um Disney Plus has announced that they will have classic Marvel animated series like 92 X-Men, Spider-Man from 94, uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Iron Man 94, Fantastic Four 94, Incredible Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Spider-Man Unlimited, and others, all, I think, at launch. At launch. So you're getting all these great Disney movies, but you're all, and you're also going to get all these MCU movies, and you're also going to get all the TV show things, and you're going to get all the exclusive shit that they have through Nat Geo and everything else, and ESPN Plus and everything else, but you're also going to get Parts of My Childhood? Are you kidding me right now? And of course, I I guess some of this makes sense considering the X-Men and Spider-Man have both been on Hulu for a couple years now. It does make sense that they would just scoop up all of the uh, cartoons and just say, here, we're going to have a section for Marvel cartoons. Duh. Makes the most sense. And it's super exciting and, you know, it makes me, like, kind of want to dance. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Uh, James Gunn stuff. We have some James Gunn stuff here. I know I just said that under my breath, but I just wanted to, like, reiterate I'm excited to talk about this but also a little bit sad cuz we're going to kind of be jumping back and forth back and forth back and forth here so hmm James Gunn a fan recently asked him online hey bud how many more movies are you are you going to be doing with the guardians and he said one more and that is super sad in my opinion I mean, obviously, he probably wants to get out of Disney as unscathed as possible after the situation where they publicly embarrassed him and you know, fired him and made a huge deal of it for them to just undo that. So, it's sad to think about there not being any more Guardians movies after the third one, but it also could be a beautiful thing. And you could also, listen, just because there aren't Guardians movies doesn't mean the Guardians are dead, doesn't mean that James Gunn um, or it, 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 it doesn't mean James Gunn won't be involved somehow. It won't mean that his scripts won't be used and someone else will write and di- or someone else will produce and direct them. You know, there are all kinds of possibilities, but he is saying, for sure his series has one more. We'll see what goes on from there. We know there's a lot of Marvel coming. It's really weird because like right now there's no Marvel. It's like very silent. You know, right now we are in September of 2019. The next Marvel thing we have is what? May of next year with Black Widow. That's a long way away, you know. Um, But, you know, James Gunn is obviously not doing Guardians right now because before they do Guardians, they have to do the Suicide Squad. That's a quick, cheap, and easy way to segue into this because James Gunn announced the cast for Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, I guess, is what you should call it. And in his tweet, it also said, don't get too attached, meaning a lot of these people are probably going to die real quick, right out the gate, and uh, should be really, 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 really fun and funny and different and something that will blow your mind. So I'm going to try to go through this list of all the people that have been uh, cast in this movie. There are so many names. There are lots of huge names. And here we go. David Dasmolchain. John Cena, Jai Courtney, uh, Joaquin Cosio, Nathan Villian, Joel Kinnaman, Mei-Ling Ying, uh, Fleur Borg, Sean Gunn, Juan Diego Boto, Storm Reed, Pete Davidson, Taika Waititi, Alice Braga, Steve Aji, uh, Tinashe Kajesi, Daniela Melchor, Peter Capaldi, Julio Ruiz, Jennifer Holland, Viola Davis, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, and Michael Rooker in The Suicide Squad. Already it has a totally different feel, vibe, existence to the last Suicide Squad film we got. Um, I like that he says don't get too attached because like I said, have you seen any of the other James Gunn work that's not been... Marvel-based, James Gunn's work is sometimes really gory and brutal and dark, and he takes risks, so possibly having that outlet with James Gunn to, you know, really go the extra mile and be crazy and kill off a bunch of the people that are there in really funny and bizarre and shocking, horrific, oh my god ways until there's like one perfect team of five or six Suicide Squad members that... Go to do this final whatever you know I don't know I'm excited to see what comes out of this movie I do know that they begin production soon next month or something so I would say we'll probably be getting some kind of something or other you know a trailer a teaser anything from that movie as soon as they've got something filmed worth showing uh, now going back to Marvel Studios a little bit here because uh, allegedly and this is very interesting to note there are rumors right now going around that Marvel Studios is developing a Silver Surfer movie I don't know if that's a great I mean like I like the Silver Surfer character but a standalone Surfer movie I don't I don't know I'm I trust Marvel and I trust Disney to do the right thing so if they're saying that's what they're gonna do okay but until I again see some footage I'm not gonna really be 100% on if this is gonna be a good idea. Marvel Studios, we'll have to see. Well, here's an interesting note again. Rumor, um, it's a, it's a, it's a trade rumor, so this is coming with a grain of salt. I would say this is probably not true right now. I would say it's trending at like 30% probability, but allegedly Robert Downey Jr. is going to be making an appearance in the Black Widow movie. Interesting to note, the Black Widow movie is not set between Civil War and Infinity War. It's actually set between Infinity War and Endgame, which I did not know until recently, and I was like, oh, shit. So, oh, anyway, it says, well, what the fuck... This goes back and says exactly what I just said, which is it does take place between Civil War and Infinity War. So apparently someone has mis once, and I've read the wrong report. But here it does officially say it's set between Civil War and Infinity War. So that's a, you know, a pretty open area. You do have Tony Stark who could float in there and have a little parent. You could also have a Steve Rogers appearance. You could have a Jeremy Renner appearance. You could have essentially every Avenger except for Hulk, because he's supposed to be MIA, you know, and Thor, because he's kind of also, too, also MIA as well, um, make an appearance. So we'll see. We'll just have to see what exactly comes of the Black Widow movie. When will we get a trailer? Who knows? I hope soon, you know, because I, I, th- I, th- I think we... I, th- I, re- I kind of want to just see. I want to know... What to expect? Do I need to rush to theaters to see this movie? Do I need to wait back until it comes out on the Blu rays? I don't know. I do not know. And until I see footage, I'm not going to. I think that's one thing that I will say. I've gotten to the point now where the trailers are necessary because they are informing me whether or not I want to invest a lot of time in seeing these movies in theaters. And lately, It's like every single one Marvel's put out, I was like, oh, shit, need to see that. Oh, fuck, got to see that. Oh, my God, can't wait to see that. Yep, going to see that. Checking that out. Like, I mean, I've seen almost all of them. I think I just did this recently. I found uh, a big group of my tickets. And actually, maybe I'm going to grab those right now. That'd be fun little thing to do here on the podcast to talk about a little bit. So I have my ticket stubs from every Marvel movie that I've seen. Well, I I, I know for a fact I'm missing some. I f- don't have my, like, Iron Man 1 ticket, but I saw it opening day. Same with Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk um, and Cap. I did n- not see Thor theaters. Or did I? I can't remember if I saw Thorn Theaters. I don't know, but I'm going to go get the uh, ticket stubs real quick here. So just bear with me. It probably won't seem like I've been gone at all to you folks because I'm going to just cut the silence because that's the power of editing your podcast. All right, so in Phase 1, I didn't have any of my ticket stubs, but I, I have ticket stubs from The Avengers, which I saw The Avengers Tuesday... Uh, 5-8 of 2012 at 4.40 p.m. I saw it Monday, uh, okay, so I saw it Tuesday, May 8th, 2012. I also saw it Monday the 7th of 2012. I think I was on a kick of seeing it. Uh, 8 p.m. for one showing, 4.40 for another showing. I've got to take it here for the first Guardians of the Galaxy opening night at 7 p.m. Um... Let's see, I've got Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, 7 p.m., Thursday night, preview night, 4.30. Uh, I actually went with V to see that movie. That was one of the first things we did together. That was pretty awesome. Had a fun time. Uh, Then I saw it again the very next day, Avengers Age of Ultron at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Or that was, I guess, a day after the next day, I saw it a couple times there in a row. There, 2D, 3D. The first time we saw it, 2D. The second time, uh, Saturday, May second, f- uh, Ant-Man 2D, and eh, July 10th, Captain America: Civil War, um, Guardians 2, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Black Panther, Infinity War, Infinity War, Infinity War. I have a lot of these tickets because I have the girls' tickets as well. Uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Endgame, Endgame. And uh, then I have the uh, Far From Home. So I have a lot of the ticket stubs from going and seeing those movies. And... uh, Yeah, I love the MCU. Anyways, that was just a little nerdy side tangent there that did not take too long. There's another interesting fan theory that I kind of need to dive into here for you guys. This theory is how Scarlet Witch is going to be the villain of uh, Phase 4 and 5. So, essentially, she's going to be the big bad, and it says this. After the loss of her lover, the Vision, Scarlet Witch becomes obsessed with wanting to bring him back. Uh, Then, she alters reality by removing Spider-Man from the timeline, depending on if a deal is made or not. Creating the Fantastic Four, creating the X-Men, would still have the main MCU timeline, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. She would eventually alter time entirely and create the House of M. And then Phase 6 would focus more on scrolls. Um I like this theory because it does give you kind of a cheap excuse. Like, here's how they can just Shanghai their way into getting what they want. But honestly, the reason I'm talking about this fan theory and why I think it's interesting is because it doesn't... It's cheap. Creating the Fantastic Four, she doesn't need to be a part of. Removing Spider-Man isn't going to happen. Worrying about the timelines, uh, that doesn't matter, that because that's going to be, you'll rectify that with Doctor Strange and whatnot. But what you would do is, you would have, and I've said this a couple different times now, but I'll say it here again just to make sure everyone hears me. The very first thing you do, the very first thing, is have her do a reverse House of M, where instead of her removing all the mutants, she creates all. All mutants. She doesn't create the X-Men. Like, here's an X team of X-Men. No. She creates all mutants. All of a sudden, mutations are happening. People have powers. They think they're super powered people. P- there start to be tests. They find that there's the mutant X gene. Boom. That's what you do. Bingo. So then she, that gives her this like power play where she did something that affected reality. And you can either choose to keep it or choose not to keep it. Of course, a smart thing would be to maybe keep it, but limit eliminate a majority of the mutants along the way. So you can have a core group, and then maybe there are some outliers that you find later that survive. Or that are like in stasis or something. Uh, again, I don't think that they're going to remove Spider-Man. I feel like, as we talked about earlier, there's more going on to this than we know. And I feel like at some point our eyes will be open to what's actually coming, and we're going to be like, oh, cool, we trust that everything's good now. Okay, great. So now that we've talked about that a little bit, now we're going to fully shift focus, you guys, and um, let's talk a little bit about this Joker movie coming out, because I've said some things, I've heard some things, I've read some things, there are a lot of things about this movie. And because of that, I figured we needed to cover it here, a journey into comics but Nate didn't you tell us you were not interested in this movie because the director said he was not going to be using anything from the source material of the comics that I did and then I read a report today direct from the director's mouth that contradicts the report that I read about him not using source material and I went fuck now I'm in a little bit of the middle I'm interested in this movie you guys so let's talk about it Because I do think that the Joker movie is going to be divisive. I think there are some dangerous avenues and some dangerous themes being played with here that could create some actual chaos in our world. Um, But apparently Todd Phillips came out and said that he loved the dude that wrote the article and said a bunch of nice things about the guy. He was like, however... I did not say I wasn't using anything from the comics. What I said was I wasn't directly using any one storyline. Meaning he's essentially saying he's pulling from all kinds of uh, Joker stories and taking little things and little bits and pieces of everything to create a narrative that is Joker-centric and truest, maybe, to the character. So... You look at the, the like the Rotten Tomato ratings and all these things, and there have been people that love it, there are people that hate it, because it's not officially out yet, but some reviewers have gotten a hold of it. Critically acclaimed, people saying it's going to win a lot of awards. But then I look at the dark side of it, and I think about our current climate, our current culture, what's going on in our world, and I think... Do people in our world who already suffer from this complex of wanting to instill violence upon others and hurting other people for whatever reasons they, you know, uh, justify in their own heads, do we need a movie glorifying a character who's going to do just what these people envision they are doing, I think, in a lot of ways, and getting back at the people that have wronged them. And what kind of message is that going to send to the younger generation, the kids who are in their, in their teens, when they go see this really dark, driven movie that's very impactful, and you see one guy in a bit of chaos, and what that one guy in a bit of chaos can accomplish. You think about uh, everything that we've suffered in our country with gun violence and do we need a character who perpetuates random acts of violence and um literally insanity as a mask for covering for being bullied like you know what i was fucking bullied as a kid and i don't want to go kill people or take it out on people like that i was bullied as a kid and you know what Couple things. I'm not bullied now. I don't let nobody walk on me. And B, the people that fucking bullied me probably had problems that they were going through they didn't even know how to handle. And yet again, here we are, not ta- not tackling the actual issues. It's the avoidance of the issue, and then just and then just driving it home. So, you know, I am a little bit concerned with this Todd Phillips Joker movie. I do hope it is good. I I am interested in seeing it. However, I do worry what that message is going to say to these kids. And I worry that we are really playing with fire here. You know, we are already a country that is like at the boiling point between two two ideals. And the ideals are bubbling harder to the surface. And it's like uh, one voice versus the other voice, louder and louder and louder. And you'd create some divisive movie like this that you know maybe quote-unquote empowers the wrong side or empowers any side for that matter to take uh, unnecessary volatile action against the other side you're inciting a civil war I mean that's not a joke or some kind of funny thing that I'm saying for the show like that is an actual concern in my opinion you know and you have you know to talk about it kind of all comes hand in hand. You talk about this this movie and uh, Todd Phillips says he's aiming to leave audiences speechless with this movie. And, Uh, He said, I find it difficult to talk immediately after a lot of films, this film in particular for me. I found that as we've shown it to people, even when I just bring somebody to the editing room and show it to a friend, a filmmaker friend, whoever, and then you go, it's over, and then they need time a little bit to sort of process it honestly in a way. Um, Yeah, so I mean, apparently people are left speechless. He says, I enjoy movies that are difficult to speak about right after you go, you know, I want to process this a little bit. I always find those to be particularly rewarding in a way. It's not like that was a specific goal, but it's something that I always enjoy about movies where you can't necessarily distill it down to a one-line thing really simply. So yeah, I suppose it was somewhat of a goal. And uh, according to this report from comicbook.com, it says the movie delves deep into mental illness, impacting the titular Joker character, whose real name is Arthur Fleck. Furthermore, it dives into how such an illness can be affected by the dividing of social classes, which began to peak in the early 80s. Uh, The apparent setting of the movie, which also sets the film apart from other titles which audiences might associate with. So that's another interesting thing. It's a time it, it's, you know it's 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 a time piece, it's a time period piece. It goes backwards into the eighties. Um, so it sets itself apart. That's really, 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 really good to hear, you know, And again, when I think about this movie and the fact that it's coming out soon, it leaves me going, yeah, fuck yeah, i'm I'm interested in it. I'm just concerned. Listen, guys, we as a people have to take control. And there are some of you listen you know quick shout out here and in, in the in the midst of me rambling there are people out here that are listening to us in Massachusetts and Maryland and California and Florida and Tennessee and Kentucky and Illinois and Ohio and Washington state you know all these places all these different places and if I didn't mention what state you're from I'm sorry and there's people listening all over the world in different countries in Spain and Sweden and Russia, and China, and and in Japan, and the Philippines, and in Australia, and Canada. You know, shout out to all of our Canadian listeners. Like, you guys are awesome. Seriously, we as a whole people need to come to the realization that the only way we make it out alive, the only way we all survive this, is if we all are on the same page. And I don't necessarily mean idealistically speaking, and I don't think that we can can live a life where there are no disagreements, because people are going to disagree, but the extremes, the violence the darkness the hate the i can solve a problem with a gun mentality you know <clears throat> needs to be solved by us all recognizing that all life is very precious we all have this vessel one go round. And once that vessel's been taken from us we don't know what comes next honestly you can't even assume so as you're as you're thinking about the movie season coming up here, and you're 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 gonna go see the Joker uh, film, or any other other movies that are gonna come out this year that may say something that has political depth or cultural impact, consider that we are all people, and to be kind to your fellow person first. If we all put that kindness first, and and the help your fellow man, and the pay it forward mentality. We as a society would bloom. We as a culture would grow. We as a people would be better. And maybe we would change the way the entire world works if we all came together in those, you know, in that context. So, anyways, folks, like I said to all of you listening all over the globe, wherever you are, I do greatly appreciate it. I am going to honestly say yet again that if you're listening anywhere, anywhere just reach out to us and say hey this is where I listen from man I want to hear your story I want to hear why you've listened to our show when you've listened to the show whatever we're going to be looking for some people to send in their stories for why they listen to the podcast network that we have going for us here so folks before we get out of here I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode of journey into comics you can check this show out on the Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Also get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. And you can also go to patreon.com backslash Into Comics. Give us a dollar for early access, exclusive content, and more. We've got goodies galore for you there. We want your dollars. We will give you our good content our amazing hearts and our drive to give you guys something that you've never heard before per se all right folks well i thank you guys so much once again for checking out this week's episode of journey into comics this has been journey into comics 261 and we're all over the place man i have been nate thank you guys so much pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit Later, guys.